Triathlon Age Group Journey. My name is Jay Cunay, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Jillian Carlson and Matt Summer. We are age group triathletes, passionate about the sport, and we are working professionals, parents, and we love hearing the stories of other age groupers and how they juggle life with racing. This is episode 42, and we're excited to talk with Carrie Maycock. Carrie has competed in triathlons for 36 years and epitomizes the age group lifestyle through all the twists and turns of life. But before we talk to Carrie, Matt, Jillian, how are you two doing? Well, it's been a good week. I can't complain. Um, my angry hamstring has finally started to smile. And when the hamstring smiles, I smile. So I can't help but be a little bit happy. Uh, uh, you know, it's crazy. Took my own advice, took a uh, little bit of time off from running, and I still don't know what did it. I really don't. Typically, hamstrings are one of those things that you feel, you pull up lame, something happens, and I, I-, I can't put a finger on it. Had a great run, and then the next day... uh had another run. This was a couple weeks ago and nothing jumped at me, nothing clenched, nothing pulled, but it just started whispering. And so got on the elliptical for about a week and was like, all right, been there, done that. Let's just let it go. And it just wouldn't go. And then I start looking at everything. Like, was it my bike positioning? Was it shoes? Was it the orthotics? And, you know, you start looking for the culprit and trying to find something because nothing jumped out and I never, never could figure it out, but needless to say, uh, had a good little easy run yesterday and today I was able, went out, no goals, no anything, just wanted to run by feel and felt amazing. Let's see if we can't string a few, uh, a few runs together now in the upcoming weeks and, uh, leave this thing behind me, but super excited about Thanksgiving, heading out West, heading out Tuesday. So I get to spend Thanksgiving with Jillian and her family. So looking forward to that. Uh, this slow time of year for me, got a couple athletes racing this past weekend got one who i'm watching as we're recording on uh iron man tracker so beth rank keep it up you're looking good she's running solid and sticking to the plan so can't watch can't wait to watch her cross that red carpet tonight but yeah nothing too exciting going on in my world beyond that cool good good what do you think jillian what's going on yeah i mean a, a better week than the week before for me so that's <laughs> that's good but still on the on the bike for some reason I've never really dealt with cramps and like muscle cramps but my left calf gosh the last few times that I've done efforts it just is like seizing up at the end of them so I got to figure that one out um it very well just could be I mean it's been a rough few weeks with just working everything and balancing everything so very easily could just be hydration nutrition or, um, sorry, poor hydration or poor nutrition, potentially. <laughs> so going to play around with that. It was, you know, cooler in the garage, too. And I still put the fan on and um, I'd angle it up more. So I don't know if my calves were just getting too, like it's my left one where the fan blows on. So maybe it was just getting too cold. My feet were numb on my bike ride yesterday. In fact, even when I did my like 20 minute off the bike, my toes were still numb, almost like when I raced at say St. George last year. I don't know. And then I just still struggle. I don't know. It's like the watts and the power and it's all like totally in my wheelhouse, but my lungs will be on fire. And I'm just like, what is going on? Is it fitness? And I get in the pool and I have no issues with like endurance or breathing and even my off the bike, it was like 20 out e- or 10 out easy and 10 out at like moderate. But I was just like, my legs just wanted to go and I had no breathing issues. It felt phenomenal. I was like, you just felt horrible on the bike. And now you just like feel like a horse, like at the racetrack with someone pulling the reins back on you. So it was an amazing feeling. Um, and I love that and I'll take it, but it's just that bike. So I love the bike. I do. I love it, but I am so perplexed right now. So that's yeah. my, my, one of my life challenges. My, that's my life challenge in triathlon that's going on right now is figuring out this darn bike thing, but I'll take the, you know, slightly better week on, on all the other fronts. So what you're saying is you're going to be wearing toe warmers while we're out there, while you're inside riding. Oh, Matt, I'm sure inside riding. Yes. I'm probably going to <laughs> on calf sleeves. Yeah. All that fun stuff. If we ride outside down in Oregon, I'm sure I'll be bringing like hot hands that I'll tuck in between the toe warmers. I've actually done that in a race. It works. I've got yeah. all the cold year packed. So, How about you, Jay? Wednesday's your big FKT. Yeah. Wednesday's the day. So gosh, three days. 
I'm ready. I'm ready. Like Matt got back to some running this week to just feel the legs under me, the hips feeling better and did just some easy, well, should I say uh, FKT efforts? I don't know if there's a such thing, but just simply trying to run at the pace that I want to run on Wednesday. So I guess dialing in race pace, if you will, but which is not very racy compared to what you normally <laughs> would be thinking of for a half or, or a sprint or Olympic or whatever, but that's probably going to be the hardest part is just holding back early on. But uh, I've got my planning done. I started loading my nutrition in the into my pack, so even just getting totally set to go. I took this week off from work. Tomorrow, I'm going to take care of a lot of personal business that's been stacking up. You know, oil change. I have to get my uh, annual blood tests done. You know, for my physical and try to get all that out of the way before I. Well, I'll destroy myself on Wednesday, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at least I have a good baseline blood results at, at peak fitness level, I guess, and then compare it later. You should go back and get that blood work done after the FKT. I'd al <laughs> I'm always fascinated to see what to blood works pre and post like an event like Gosh, that, you know? That would be a pretty cool thing to do. I don't think I want to pay for Inside Tracker just to do that. But you know, if I could get the doctor to prescribe that, I'd be back in a heartbeat. But these days, it's hard to get that one approved through insurance. Did I read correctly that you're over $18,000 in donations? Yeah. So. Oh, that's great, Matt. You brought that up. I knew I was forgetting something. Made a, a plea last week when I sent an update to the people who had already donated and then sent the fundraiser information out to a fresh group of folks that I, I may have missed in the first pass. So we went from just over 14,000 to over 18,000 in a matter of uh, four or five days. So it's pretty awesome to, to see everyone rise to the occasion there. So yeah, I, I, I don't have words anymore to describe how motivating and uh, uh, amazing it feels to know people care so much about it. So it's pretty awesome. That's so cool. Pretty darn excited now. I think I told you last week I'm trying to, to hold it back. I think now I'm just at the point I don't have to worry about work and I just have to get through two days of waiting <laughs> before it's time to roll. So Jay, will you taper these next two days, basically, like you would an Ironman? Pretty much I've been tapering, but tomorrow I'm going to take completely off except for one more PT session just to let my therapist run awful things with her elbow into tight joints. But <laughs> it feels so good afterwards that I'm looking forward to it at the end. If people don't know about active tissue release, or there's so many different names for it, but it absolutely is a game changer for you, especially triathletes, because we get so tight in places from running and biking and swimming in one direction, you know, in our hips and our quads and, and having a, a good therapist that knows how to unlock the fascia and other things that just get so bound up can change your range of motion completely and, and benefit you. So find a good therapist, guys. That's my public service announcement. You're exactly right, Jay. I mean, we're sagittal plane beasts, and I talk about that with my athletes a lot. I mean, everything is forward, and it's just like all the rotational. I mean, it, it's getting in there and just even those check-ins, even when something doesn't hurt. It's like we wait till it hurts, and rather than being proactive, we're reactive in our mindsets, and sometimes – I know it's another expense, but just getting that bi-weekly or monthly or every three-week massage therapy or just checking in with a massage therapist. And uh, coincidentally enough, our guest today, Carrie Maycock, is a physical therapist. But at the same time, it's just like some dry needling and just all the different types of therapy that are out there. It's it's an investment in your longevity, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, when there's uh, a PT student along with the doctor you're a great example to show how tight somebody can get when they bend your leg and say, see, this is the, you know, the hip mobility that triathletes have, yeah. which is nil. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Matt, what do you think? We got a quote of the week to get us warmed up here. I do. I saw this one last weekend. I was just kind of scrolling through social and I find a lot of my material. People are like, do you come up? I'm like, no, I don't come up with these. Like these are not original. I find them everywhere. I screenshot stuff. I mean, they're, they're restaurants that have quotes on the walls. I'll take screenshots there. I'll read them. I'll see them in books. I mean, what, so, what uh, walls are you talking about, Matt? <laughs> uh, they're, they're different ones. I, uh, there's, uh, 
I forget. There's a restaurant in Greensboro, actually. It's a pizza place. I think it's called Pieology that all over the wall are quotes, motivational quotes. And I've, I, you know, I've taken just pictures of those because I'm like, oh, that's a really good one. And way you to know, keep it clean. Good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but anyway, we're on the bathroom stall, you know, there we but go. anyway, there we go. I had to throw <laughs> that in there, but um, no, this one jumped out at me and I loved it. Um, so here we go. Maybe the magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. We all are sitting there looking for that quick fix. And nine out of 10 times, it's what we're not doing. It's what we're avoiding. It could be the stretching, the yoga, right, Jay? It could be doing the drills or skipping the warm up or skipping our cool down. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, I don't want to do threshold today. I'll just go at marathon pace. You know, something that's going to give us what we want immediately. And it's not just training. It could be in our marriage or relationships. It could be with our kids. What do you guys think? Dylan, you want to go first? <laughs> I mean, Jay, you seemed super cute up, ready to go. But <laughs> I, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't know if you were tossing it back to me there or not. Yep. Right. <laughs> I just hope my boss isn't listening to this, <laughs> this podcast because – Triathlon did not come to mind here for me on this one. The work was coming to mind, wondering the, the magic that I've been looking for, maybe to to find purpose and, and fulfillment at work, maybe in something that I've been avoiding. So I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that. I don't think I want to go into much more detail on that end of things, but that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, I was going, I was going to apply that in um, kids and parenting too, which I know I've got some family that listens to this and my kids don't, that's for sure. But, um, <laughs> but still, yeah, there's, there's no magic in raising teens. It's, I'm sure it's in work that I just might be avoiding or conflict, <laughs> who knows what, that. Thanks, I think Matt. I got just you too speechless on this. I know. We worked through this all last week, and you just had to bring it all right back up. <laughs> we all right, time for get to a serious answer on this one. Time for the group therapy session, right now. <laughs> yeah, you said we should all have a therapist, so now I'm like lining them up. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can you save us, Carrie? Well, it makes me think of running, which is my. Uh, probably my weakest of the three and have gotten slower in the past couple of years. So I decided that I would uh, splurge and buy some of the uh, super shoes and uh, use those and in uh, Kona. But uh, I found they don't work too great if you're walking. Um, they don't make you particularly fast. So that was, uh, I've decided I'm not wearing those for another full, um, that I should keep them for shorter races. It also makes me think of I'm a swimmer, but a lot of the triathletes who aren't swimmers and they complain about the swim, but yet they never get in the water all winter long. And then come spring, they wonder why their swim isn't any better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Carrie, I learned the super shoes, carbon shoes are not made for walking the marathon either. <laughs> at Lake Placid. I was like, yeah, no, if you're going to be walking, they really don't feel great. Right. Yeah. They get pretty hard pretty quick. Yeah. The blisters come. Sure. I think your foot's being ripped open from the bottom, <laughs> even though it's not. <laughs> Everyone just heard Carrie speaking and we're excited to have her. She's been competing in triathlon since 1987, 36 years in the sport when she got started after college time frame. Like many of us, Carrie's been inspired by the images of Julie Moss crawling across the finish line. She's always dreamed of Kona, and she accomplished that dream this year. So we're excited to hear a little more about that, I'm sure, too, about her journey. She's completed 9.9 .9 fulls. I think there's an amazing story in that .9 piece and 20 half Ironmans. She has three kids, swimming background, as we just heard. She's a physical therapist. So that's fantastic, and we're excited to have you. So thanks for being with us, Carrie. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, I enjoy listening to the show every week. I usually listen to it the next morning while I'm doing a run. Awesome. Nice. Thank you for listening. And so, Carrie, I think 36 years, we don't have to get through all 36. We don't probably have that much time, but we'd love to have kind of the highlights of, of what you would say got you started in the sport and maybe kind of some of the twists and turns until you know, maybe the, your current era of triathlon. Where would you like to start? So I grew up, 
I'm the fifth of six children, and I started swimming competitively at age five just so I could go to the pool with all the rest of them. Um, So I swam from age five until about 13 competitively, and then I stopped swimming competitively to play basketball and some other sports. Got to high school and picked up volleyball um, my 10th grade year. Had never played, so I I went out for volleyball because my friends from the basketball team played. And I was definitely the worst player on the court that first year. Uh, Continued to play and ended up playing the year in college. And then my freshman year, I went to school and ended up transferring after my freshman year. Wasn't going to play volleyball anymore. So I decided I needed something to do and something to focus on. So uh, there was a local triathlon in Chattanooga, the Riverbend Triathlon. So I decided to start training for that in my I guess it was spring of my freshman year. Got to Chattanooga that summer, went out to the race. And the first thing I noticed was there was no changing tent. Like I had seen, the only race I'd ever seen was the Ironman in, in Hawaii. So there's no changing tent. So I realized I needed to decide how that was, what I was going to wear. Also in 1987, the transition, I've got a picture somewhere here. And basically you there's just a parking lot and you just laid your bike, like bikes were just laid down (laughs) on their sides and you just put your stuff there and lay down on your sides. There was, there definitely was no aid stations on the bike and it was an Olympic, it was an Olympic distance with a 30 mile bike. So there were no aid stations on the bike. I can't remember if there are any aid stations on the run, but you, I mean, you had to be pretty self-sufficient. I realized after the bike that I'd worn my bike helmet backwards the entire um, <laughs> the entire race, which the helmets back in 1987, if if you know, they were not that was not that hard to do. So anyway, did that race, did it the next year, and then ended up transitioning. By this time, I was at UNC Chapel Hill, had met some cyclists, ended up transitioning to bike racing for I don't know five or six years. Did a bunch of bike racing. I did some, I did a Casper Classic stage race out in Wyoming. My college roommate was from Wyoming and that was humbling to say the least. Getting dropped in a road race on mile two of a 56 mile road race uh, and riding alone for the rest of the, the race. And that was in the opening stage. So bike race for a while, but decided at some point, uh, 1994, I wanted to do a half Ironman distance. It was in Raleigh. I think it was at Falls Lake. I'm not even sure now. I don't remember. I could swim and I'd been, I was really strong on the bike at that point and then decided I'd been running and uh, started that half. And I'd, I'd done some triathlons in and out while I was bike racing, but started that triathlon and got out of the swim first and got on the bike. And immediately I was having trouble shifting from the big to the small ring and vice versa. So I was actually having to get off my bike and manually shift it at times when I really needed to, but just kept going. And then at mile 40, I turned a corner and I heard a pinging sound, like when something drops. And next thing I know, I can't pedal and I stop and my chain rings had fallen off my bike. Oh my um, boy. All the chain ring bolts, except one had come out. I have no idea to this day. I've never lost a chain ring bolt ever before or after, but I, it was a mechanical and I couldn't, there was no way to fix it. Yeah. There were no mechanic, mechanical vehicles at those races. I had lost three of five chain ring bolts at St. George last year. I don't even know how I finished it. It was a mess. So yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I, I started walking toward the finish and thankfully someone on a bike who knew the course said, you need to walk the other way. Like, <gasps> there's nothing because it was 60 miles. So I walked back, a van picked me up that had something to do with the race. I got in the back of the van. And so that was it for my half Ironman attempt. Um, did some here and there, got married, had the three kids there again, did some intermittent racing. And then once the kids got a little bit older, started started racing a lot, probably in 2007 or 8, started racing a lot and did the local stuff. And as Matt knows, here in Greensboro, there's a lot, there's a lot of local races between the Triad and the Triangle. So did a lot of races and I had 
never, I guess I finally got a half done in 2004 or five. I did the Duke Liver Center half. That was and a my hard bike, one. Yes, it was. Um, mm-hmm. And I had, I had never realized, you know, you don't realize when you're out training on the bike that when you're not stopping at intersections or stoplights or stop signs, you know how different that is for 56 miles. So did that race and started doing kind of all the distances. I did White Lake half every year for quite a few years. And, you know, even though I knew about Kona and that thing, I had never, I didn't think I had enough time to train for a full distance. Uh, And then in 2010, Someone fairly new to the sport said, have you ever thought about doing an Ironman? And I said, I, you know, I just don't have, I just don't have that time to train. And I think literally later that day, I got one of the emails, I think it was from Active. And there was an article about minimal training for an Ironman. So I got the book that this person who'd written the article did. And it was, I think it topped out at 13 hours was the, was the longest week. So I thought, well, I can, I can do this. So signed up for Louisville for August of 2011. And that was the uh, first full. And my family went, the kids came, my husband came, started the swim, which is my strongest event. So uh, I know y'all don't know what it's like, but <laughs> you get you get, <laughs> you you get out of the water and you look great because you're one of the first out of the water. But then you spend the rest of the day watching people go by you. Um, <laughs> I feel so called out. She's like, you don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I when, don't. <laughs> she's, when, she's right. When you have a thousand people or more than a thousand people go by you on the bike, it's like, oh, Um Louisville was always a rolling start, but even then the the first part was really congested. About 400 meters in, long story short, something caught my attention. I popped my head up and I realized another triathlete was holding up a triathlete. Uh, So I stopped and me and the other guy held him up. And we, it seemed like forever before we could get the attention. It's really hard when you're holding someone up and trying to tread water and wave your arm. And it seemed like a long time and people were just swimming by us. And finally, I'd been a lifeguard as a kid and I flipped flipped the person on their back and was going to swim them to the side. And about that time, another person stopped and then we started hearing the whistles. And so a kayak came at us. We got the athlete to the kayak. And once the kayak had him, you know, me and the other guy took off swimming and needless to say, my adrenaline was probably a little high, swam about 400 more meters and thought, wow, I I, uh, I, I don't think he was having a, some kind of a cardiac event or something. Mm. Finished the swim. We didn't realize they ended up stopping the race behind us. They ended up holding the race until they got more assistance. But we were past that point. We swam, finished, got on the bike. Louisville was a uh, it was a great bike course, very pretty, lots of horse country and got off the bike. And I did ask going into the tent, you know, I asked one of the medical people, I said, what happened to the person we, that, that they got out of the water? And he said, I don't know. I just came on. He said, I'll let me ask. So I came out of the tent and he said, they got him to the hospital. That's all I know. So we got, I got on the run and, you know, did my typical as I always do. I didn't know it at that point, but I now know my run is always a run walk for an Ironman. I'm not, I'm not running 26 miles at that point. So run walked and had a, had a solid run. At some point I heard a police officer off to the side of the road uh, and I heard her talking to somebody and heard that say he didn't make it. Um, So I figured that they were talking about that athlete finished, got to the finish line. Louisville was a great finish line finished and thought, well, I'm, Definitely not doing this again next year. It was a it was a great race, but I thought I don't know that I want to do another one next year. I'll do one in the future. Long story short, Iron Man contacted me, or I contacted them about what had happened. Anyway, they offered me a free spot for Louisville 2012. Oh, um, wow. so, <laughs> <laughs> Made that decision for right. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but about that time, I ended up. A friend of mine from college started become. I talked her basically into doing a half Ironman 
the next year with me. And about the same time, a former co- a co-worker of mine who was into triathlons, but we had had kids at different times and we had never been able to race much together just because of different life stuff. And she ended up getting back into triathlon. So then we formed, we just ended up with a great group of people to train with. So as y'all know, then somebody has a great idea. And, uh, you know, 10 Ironmans later, we are still seem to uh, come up with some great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part, the community. Yeah, yeah. And even once I started doing Ironmans, I knew like to qualify for Kona, it just, you know, people would say, oh, you do pretty well in these local races. And I'm like, you don't understand. There are like some really fast, I mean, crazy fast people. And when your age group has one slot, you know, maybe two, like my friends, like I had friends who they would place, they would be like fifth place and people would say, oh, they almost got to Kona. And it'd be like, actually, no, they were like two hours behind, you know, these crazy fast people. So I was never racing for Kona. I was racing because I enjoy training with my friends. I enjoy racing with my friends. And then last summer, 2022, I was not going to do a full my back had bothered me in the spring and my friends were doing Lake Placid, but I was like, no, I'm not signing up. I'm not doing a full. And I'll be darned if it was a couple of weeks after they had done Lake Placid and Ironman announced those women for tri spots and Chattanooga was the first race that had the extra spots. So I thought, well, wow, my friends who placed top 10 in Placid, they've probably got a legit shot to be able to race in Kona. So I texted all of them and said, hey, you know, look at what's happening. Got one person to bite pretty quickly. And um, <laughs> and then she was like, are you are you going to race? And I'm like, well, you know, well, I'll at least train. I'll at least do the long bikes with you. And then I thought, well, that's stupid. Like, if I'm going to do that, I might as well. <laughs> might as well go all in. And I still didn't think I had a real legit shot. I thought, well, but I have a better shot. So she and I signed up. And then another person, another one of the people who'd gone to Placid, because they were all in great shape. So she signed up. So there were three of us. In the meantime, our friend Liz, she had qualified in Chattanooga in 2019. She was finally getting to race in Kona in 2022. So she was training and we... The three of us signed up. We had eight weeks from the time we signed up till Chattanooga. So I had to ramp up. I was training. I was in shape for a half. So I I ramped up. I had to do some creative training. I had Masters Swim Nationals the weekend after I signed up. So that was a weekend gone. I was gone to the beach for a week. So I like I did a solo five and a half hour ride the day I got back from the beach at 2 p.m. on a Saturday. So there were some long uh, long solo efforts just because of my weird schedule. And uh, the last two weeks before the race, the three of us doing Chattanooga and our friend doing Kona got together down at Lake Tillery. One of them has a lake house and we've done training weekends down there before. And we, we were going to do our last long ride. We we're going to do hundred, 110 miles. And it was on Saturday and we woke up and we knew the weather forecast was bad and it was raining. I mean solid rain. So the four of us, we went out and we rode a hundred miles in the rain. I mean, it, it never mm. stopped. It was grit builder. It was, yeah. it, we never, we never would have done it on our own, but I don't think anyone wanted to be that person who bailed. And it was, it, and it was cool. It was, it was like 67 or 68. So we did our hundred miles Two weeks later, we got to Chattanooga. I grew up in Chattanooga, still have family there. And one reason, so 2022 was the fifth full I had done in Chattanooga. And we've done the half probably six or seven times. And it's it's a short, it's a six and a half hour drive from here. And we have a free place to stay. So, of course, that is is a great reason to go. My mom still lives in the house we grew up in, lots of bedrooms. She has probably housed, I, I can't even... I don't even know how many triathletes over the years. Um, But uh, we got to Chattanooga, which is usually blazing hot. Um, We've done some extremely hot races there. But uh, we got there and race day, they were calling for some 
rain and we did the swim, got out on the bike and probably for me, probably by mile, by mile 15, it was raining and same kind of thing. It was probably 66, 67 and it rained for probably 80 of the 116 miles, but it started and, you know, we, I know they thought too, my friends, I mean, we're like, we've done this. We just, this is exactly what we did two weeks ago. And we all had really, really solid bikes. Um, it was almost, it wasn't quite my fastest bike in Chattanooga, but it was one of them. Got off the run, got off the bike. My friend, our friend who was going to Kona was there supporting us. And I told her I didn't want to know where I was in the placings because by this time I had done the math. I'm a numbers person. And so even the week before the race, I realized that my age group was probably going to have 12 or 13 slots. And I'd looked at the times from the year before. So I knew I could, if I had a good race, that it was possible. So I told her not to tell me where I was off the bike, because since it's a rolling start, you know, people, people think, oh, you're in like second place off the bike. And I'm like, no, I'm not. People just haven't cross the the mat. Um, so I told her, I don't want to know where I am until like somewhere in the run. So got off the bike, could tell just by her face. And she said, you had a really good bike. So I knew I had a really good bike and just started the run. And by then, by then the sun had come out and it was probably, it was probably up to 80 again. So we had sun and warmth. Started the run, my friend, um, Sarah, who was also one of the people training with she went by me at mile one she's uh she's about 30 years younger than no she's about 20 years younger than I am um (laughs) she went by me on the run so I knew she was having there again I knew she was having a good race and just kind of just did my run walk at mile probably at mile 22 or 23 I saw my sister my oldest sister who lives in Chattanooga was on the course and she said, you are, you are in a really good position right now. And I looked at her and said, if I walk the rest, am I okay? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I don't know, just keep running. <laughs> Which is probably the best advice. Just don't <laughs> just keep running. My friend Susan passed me at mile, like, I don't know, 20, probably about 23 or 24. So I knew there again, she was having a good race, got finished and thought I had done it, but wasn't sure and looked for my friend Liz. And as soon as I saw her after I was kind of coming out of the shoot, it just took one look at her face and I knew I had done it. And it was, yeah, she, she then, she got me sitting down somewhere and then she had to, we had some puking by some others at that (laughs) point. Um, So she was like, I'll be right back. So yeah, so she it was, was triaging the yes, <laughs> yes, she was triaging her athletes, but it it was I mean it was just incredible to be there racing, and the women it was a very different atmosphere because I think so many women knew they actually had a chance and could actually for the first time actually race for a spot at Kona, and there was very little chit chat, um, and it people weren't they weren't mean they just everybody, I think nobody had any extra energy focus or yeah. Or yeah. Any extra mental energy to lose that focus to uh, chit chat. So we knew that day that I had qualified. My friend, Sarah had definitely qualified. Our friend, Susan needed it to roll down, I think two slots. So when we went to roll down, there were some anxious moments because we knew we had our spots. Um, Susan also happened to have gotten the Boston qualifying time twice in the past few years. She'd been under the time, but one year she missed getting in the race by one second. Mm. Um, And the next year she missed by four seconds. Um, So here she was again. So when they were calling out the names and the first person, you know, they had somebody pass in her age group and then we heard the second person pass in her age group. And Sarah and I thought, that's that's it. That's got it. But she had not realized it yet. And then when they called her name out, that was it was priceless because we knew we all three were going. Um, oh, so, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So we got that's on. So cool. That was on a Sunday or that was on a Monday. We all got our slots. Saturday, we had 
before all this, we all had booked flights and were flying out to support our friend in Kona. So we literally qualified, got our spots on Monday, and we flew to Kona on Saturday to watch the 2022 race. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that that was a lot of fun. Just watching it was amazing. I know, Jay, I think you were there. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. we didn't cheer you on. Or maybe we it's didn't. okay. Um, <laughs> you might have. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it was really awesome knowing we were going to come back. Uh, and it was also nice. Uh, I don't think it was quite as overwhelming this year when we went because we had been there and seen it the year yeah. before. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it, nice. Yeah. It definitely was a little overwhelming in 2022. And Jay, I know you haven't been to a different one. So we didn't know what the difference was between. Yeah. You saw it with both men and women on different days with 5,000 versus this year, all women. Can you, yeah, give us some ideas of the difference? It definitely was way less crowded just everywhere. Like I said, we didn't know the in 2022, we didn't know any different, but definitely just not as many people. Even the first I noticed on the plane to Kona, mm-hmm. like, I mean, in 2022, I'd say, I mean, 80% of the people on the plane were racing or supporting a racer. This year, I mean, there were definitely athletes on the plane, but there was not, it was not the vast majority of the plane. So it definitely, it definitely was a little bit calmer. We heard the locals, the locals had nothing but good things to say about all women. They said it was the best race and just that they had seen as far as, as the participants, I think they, they enjoyed having all the women. So uh, I think they'll be interested next year when it's all men to see, but there was, there's a lot of camaraderie, a lot of people who were very, very grateful to be there and to have the chance yeah. uh, to race. Yeah. So, That's great. Yeah. It was awesome. So what was your experience racing on the island? And I mean, Chattanooga was, is usually a warm, humid place as well. But I mean, were you, were the conditions challenging for you or how did you uh, feel about it? So uh, I would prefer heat to cold. So the, the weather wasn't as hot. It did not feel as hot racing as I thought it did actually spectating. Because 2022, it just, when we were out there watching, I just felt like I was baking. And actually, and our friend who was racing that year, so it wasn't that bad. On the bike, it was, I mean, it was, it was hot, but it just, it wasn't bad. There was enough of a breeze. I don't sweat a lot. I'm a pretty light sweater and I'm not a salty sweater. So I don't tend to drink as much as a lot of people, but the, the heat wasn't, I don't know, it did not feel, I've definitely raced in a lot hotter conditions. So that, that wasn't too bad. Um, the swim, the bay is just incredible. Uh, it's like you're swimming in an aquarium. We swam, we swam, I think two or three times that week before the race, just, just because, because you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of training in the open water around here. There's just, I don't need to train in the open water. I'm very comfortable. I actually swim faster in the open water com- relative to other people because uh, flip turns and underwaters and stuff that real swimmers are really good at um, are not my strength. So, uh, but if I lived in Hawaii, I could definitely swim the open water. So the, the swim, the swim was good. It was very, it was more physical than I've had in a while. I can usually get out. If it's a wave start, I can usually get out in front of a, you know, up in the lead of a wave. And we did, but just to get there, there was probably ended up being six of us. Um, it was the first race I've really been able to draft in the swim. It's because people were actually, we were all going a similar pace. And my age group, I think there were two females in my age group. There were two up, ended up being several minutes ahead. But then there was a group of about six of us who were in a line and we were going and we probably, I think it was physical. We kept going through, there was two groups in front of us, two waves in front of us. And I would say the six of us, I mean, we probably passed, I don't know, 200 people, you know, a couple... I kept thinking we were going to get out of like the congestion and we would for a few minutes and then we'd catch more people. So it, but it was a, it was a good swim. It was, it was nice to be able to draft off people that I felt probably could cite because that's a big issue of drafting is, you know, you draft somebody and then 
you know, you're like, where are you going? You're, you're not <laughs> even going straight. And so we stayed together like for, I mean, for the whole thing. I mean, we finished, I think all of us finished within a few seconds of each other in the, the swim finish. So once again, I get out great swim. I feel great because that's my, my thing. Get on the bike. I had hoped to do, I was pretty conservative on the bike estimate. I thought I'd do maybe seven. I would be happy with anything under seven. Felt really good on the bike. I had done Lake Placid in July and had felt terrible on the bike from the get-go. So I was glad as soon as I got on the bike, I knew my legs felt pretty good. The bike was good. Coming back from Javi, the crosswinds weren't too bad. It was, there was, there was wind, but it was not, it wasn't terrible. We had done part of that course on Wednesday and the winds had been stronger. So was happy not to feel like I was getting blown off, off the course. Uh, got those last, probably when you make the turn with like at mile 78 or 79, the last 40 miles are just, they are <laughs> mentally just tough. They are just kind of soul crushing. You turn and it, I mean, I knew all the landmarks I was looking for, but they just seemed to take forever to get there. And you, you have a headwind. We had a headwind coming that last bit, last 40 miles. So got off the bike, felt pretty good, started the run and probably ran, walked the first, probably two or three miles. I felt okay. And then I've had issues with nausea for about the past four years and I can't figure out what it is. I tried different things and I actually tried different fuel fueling strategy this race, but the nausea hit me with, it was okay for the first two or three miles and then started feeling it by mile seven. I was pretty nauseous. So I ended up walking mile seven to mile 20 because I've, I've other races where I try to walk run and I feel so bad that I end up being slower. So I just, I did a solid like 15, 16 minute mile walk, walked with a nice woman from Australia. She had a calf injury. So we, we walked as fast as we could. And then about mile 20 of the, um, about, I probably didn't take anything in from mile, I don't know, 10. Um, I just, I couldn't get anything in except like suck on some ice cubes. Um, so at mile 20, I decided I might as well run, um, ran, ran, walked the rest and actually didn't do too badly on the running part. Got, tried a little Coke at, with two miles to go and that was a mistake, but finished, decided not to just, that was two miles, didn't need to take anything else in and then finished. I was thinking I'd be between 14 and 15 hours and I was, I think, 13, 59. So was right under, right under my estimate. So yeah, so it was, uh, Got across the finish line. My husband was working as a uh, catcher and ended up uh, seeing me come across and uh, he got to be my catcher. And uh, that was uh, that was just a magical moment going down in the finish. Lots of people helped me get there. It was great to see friends and family there. And I knew all the friends and family at home were uh, were also uh, following and cheering. So it, it was an awesome day. Just so happy to have been able to go and be there. That's terrific. That's great. And with all your friends there, I'm sure that was a pretty amazing experience. So did you stay for extra days or have a little time off or did you have to immediately fly home? Yeah. So we had Sunday and Monday. So we did a few things. My daughter flew out early Sunday morning. So I got up and took her to the airport. And of course, people are like, why did you take her? And I'm like, well, I'll be up eating anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, get up. And we are, we are really good. I'm nauseous after the race, but um, we are really good about waking up at usually it's about three or 4 a.m. and just uh-huh. eating what, you know, Devour. whatever Devour. is in. Yes. Yeah. 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 We've eaten some uh, pretty good meals at 3 a.m. <laughs> been there done that it's usually real. it's that 4 a.m when you wake up and you're like i really don't want to get up because my legs hurt but i'm starving <laughs> right. and you do the i call it the cowboy walk you just kind of yeah. like kind of waddle to the refrigerator yeah. and it's like all right what's in here you yeah. know yeah, yeah. But, and, yeah. and you and when you're with other athletes you hear somebody open the fridge and then it's like <laughs> okay it's <laughs> game on that's right <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you eating? Well, you've thrown a lot out there. I mean, you've had quite the journey and it sounds like you've covered a lot of races, a lot of distances. Looking back on your, I'll call it a career of racing, obviously you've done the 10 Ironmans and I mean, but along those, you've also, you, you've gotten into the sprints, the Olympics. I mean, I know being local here and I mean, you're practically in my, are practically neighbors in Greensboro. I know we've done races together and I know you find yourself on the podium quite often in the shorter races. Is the iron distance your favorite distance or what's your sweet spot? I like them all. I will race just about anywhere, anytime. There are some years I've done 10 or 12. Yeah. Like I'll start racing in February with the Northeast duathlon and um, love it. Usually won't finish up till October. I'd say probably the half is my favorite distance, but I, I mean, I like doing the sprints. I mean, they hurt, you know, and I think there's this misconception. People start doing triathlons and they, they feel like they have to like, they do a sprint and then they feel like they have to do like a half or a full, like within 12 months or whatever. And, you know, and, or they're not real triathletes, but it's like, you can do like, you never have to do a half or a full, like it's, it, it, it doesn't really matter if you, you know, do what you want to do. And I also very much think we should support the local triathlon, the local 100%. races. That's where we all got started or, or most people did. And, you know, we are just really lucky to have, I know y'all had Richard Swore on your episode. Um, that's when I actually first started listening to y'all episode 11, I think. And, you know, he and Libby and Trivium, I mean, they have, you know, local races during COVID, they managed to do all sorts yep. of unusual things to keep people and to give back to the, to the racing community. And, uh, I don't know if Rich will. <laughs> so I don't know if you know, Matt, but the uh, the overall prize for their series. So they, they're multi-sport series. Um, the, if you it's win. Lifetime the, entry. Yes. is lifetime free yep. entries to the races that were present in the year you won the series. Um, so that's, you know, for people who race a lot, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a great prize. I have several friends of mine that have won the series. Royce Scrivano, and uh, I mean, he's always like, hey, you coming out to the race? I'm like, yours is free. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I'd like to get out there. But, yeah. you know, you were talking, Carrie, back in 2005. I mean, I was racing then as well. I call it the magical years. I mean, you remember we had set up events and, you know, set up events, which is the uh, the U.S.'s oldest race production company had the North Carolina triathlon series. And at that point, I mean, it, it's a rite of passage in North Carolina. You mentioned White Lake. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if you're a triathlete in North Carolina, you have done White Lake at some point. They have a half, a sprint and an Olympic. But I mean, the series when set up events was booming, you would have to go online at midnight. Because they would open the races up online. And if you were not online at midnight, they sold out in two minutes. It was ridiculous. And people would get closed out. And then they had the North Carolina series. And I mean, they would have 15 races in the year. And then they eventually got the Virginia series. And then they had the South Carolina series. And then triathlon just started getting so big down here. They couldn't produce all the races. So they ended up selling uh, Virginia to Kinetic and then South Carolina. I'm not even sure if they still had their hands in it, who they unloaded that to. But then North Carolina ended up with Trivium Racing, and then there was FS Series Racing, and then there's Jones Racing. So it's kind of like everything segmented out, but they all started with setup events. And uh, I mean, they covered races from Asheville, North Carolina all the way to Washington, North Carolina on the, on the coast. And I mean, you could race every weekend if you wanted back in those days, the golden days, I call it them. It was so, so much fun. Yeah, definitely. The uh, White Lake, I'm sure you raced there, Matt, when it was like a hundred degrees. Cause oh, yeah. in like every year it was a hundred degrees. And the bumpy roads, they're still bumpy. Every year they're like. They actually paved that one. They say they do every year. I've gone every year, but they have paved it finally now. Yeah. Last last time I raced there, they uh, they actually you did not have the bumps like that. Um, nice. That, that was a couple of years ago. But yeah, we've we've just 
my friends and I, I mean, we've just had so much fun training and racing and, you know, like people should just try. I mean, don't be afraid to try things. If you fail, so what? We've had, we've had some funny events. I mean, I've been doing these a long time and in Chattanooga, uh, it was probably in 2015. It was the first time I was doing the full there. And, um, funny story before the swim starts at that point, there weren't really swim skins yet, but I had a, I had an old bathing suit from what used to be the fast suits and swimming that you couldn't use anymore. And it had a zipper. Anyway, I had one of those I could pull over my tri kit and my friend Liz had borrowed it the year before. So she'd worn it the year before. So she wasn't racing that year. So I was wearing it, you know, before the race, I just have it on my I don't even know what I had on. Anyway, I had it, I had it only pulled up to my waist until I was getting ready to get started. And at some point soon, like when they were getting the line, getting ready to go. And she looked, (laughs) she looked at me and she said, I thought the zipper was on the back. And I looked and I had it on backwards. (laughs) Um, So the race is getting ready to start and I'm stripping down this suit to, to, pull back on the right way. So um doesn't matter how long you've done this. It's, you know, there's always, always things you screw up. <laughs> yeah, right. sure. Well, you sound like a true ambassador to the sport. I mean, last week we had Tim Yellen on who was uh, with USA Triathlon. And I mean, one of the things that he was echoing is just, you know, everybody did start local. You got to support local. And I mean, it's it's great to hear you kind of reiterate that message and actually doing it. So, uh, you know, great job for you. Yeah. Well, Tim had mentioned uh, race local, compete national. So, and And I think that's a great point, Carrie, that you said that you don't have to do the either Ironman branded or the long distance, the halves or the fulls even. Um, In fact, you know, the fact that USAT has a national championship that's all about short short course, right? Your sprints, um, even the super sprint, right? Isn't that a distance out there? For me, that's a long way to travel to go race for a super sprint, but um, (laughs) for a championship. But if it's your thing, right, it's your thing. And that's super awesome. And and I think people don't, you know, they, they say they can't do the local stuff because they're training for long, but we'll go race and then go for a ride after, you know, we'll do a sprint and then ride, you know, 40, 60 miles after. And it's, to me, it's worth it to be able to compete and, and participate in that, that race. Yeah. This year I did more local races than I had previously and then volunteered at the local race as well. And it just, I love it. Um, so I definitely plan to, you know, continue to incorporate that into my race years because it's just getting back out into the local community. It's so fun. I mean, it was a significant difference. One of the things I enjoyed this year and I, uh, it was two of my favorite races is I was out visiting Jillian and I always take my bike with me cause we'll, we'll go train and ride. And I was fortunate enough to actually participate in two races up in Washington and it, it was phenomenal. I had a blast, like completely different race production companies, not what I'm used to in North Carolina and just, you know, different parts of the world and just different, different communities, uh, and just getting out there. And I'll tell you what, the one common theme was the community aspect. It was awesome seeing the volunteers and everybody out there encouraging, motivating, supporting. Didn't matter that the only person I knew there was Jillian. I mean, all, all the uh, spectators, I, I mean, they're like, from North Carolina. They're like, what are you doing out here? And it's like, oh, I decided just to cut. And they're like, you came for this? And I'm like, yeah, I came just for this (laughs) and her. (laughs) One other thing real quick, you guys, Matt, Jay, you keep bringing in all these amazing swimmers. So I'm hoping that, you know, after all these pods, eventually I'll absorb some of this, uh, you know, and, and help bridge that gap. So Carrie, for any of our other listeners who might be in the bucket, similar to mine, two things. First of all, you are similar to even like Ness, who we had on relatively recently too, coming out first to the water. But one thing that you said too, was that you're faster in open water. Maybe it's the wetsuit. I don't know. But any, any tips or something that when you're either in the pool or out in open water that you think of that helps you either swim faster? Like, are you thinking, you know, long stroke or, you know, hold that stroke out? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for something that I can like put in my brain when I'm swimming that might help me swim just a little bit faster. Um, usually, and I, I really, really prefer non-wetsuit swims. I mean, I'll, I'll wear a wetsuit when I have to, but I try to think about just trying to keep my strokes smooth. 
And I also, I, I cite a lot. I can cite pretty quickly. I just, I cite into my breathing. So it, like I'm not picking my head up. I'm just getting my eyes up enough to see. So I cite a lot. And so I tend to swim pretty straight, but I also am pretty efficient with it. So it's not dragging me, but I, I mean, and if it's a crowded race where I'm having to watch, go around people, I mean, I will cite, I might cite every other breath, but I, yeah, I cite a lot, but yeah, I just try to keep it nice and smooth. Um, okay. Is there anything, do you swim, you, you mentioned masters com, competing in masters swimming. Do you swim with a masters swim team once in a while? Yeah, I, I uh, train all, I do all my swimming with a masters group here. We've got multiple groups here. Matt Clancy, who y'all had on an episode, he's got a he's got a big group of master swimmers. I have I swim with a different group. I have swam with some of them for more than ten or twelve years, and it's actually I, there's only one other person in the group that does triathlon. They're actually all swimmers, and several of them are collegiate swimmers. Oh, wow. Work were collegiate swimmers. They're older now, but yeah, I'm I'm actually one of the slower ones in that group. Um, okay. So it's, yeah. yeah, I swim with them and we don't have a coach on deck right now. We have two of the, the athletes write our, write our workouts, but yeah, so that's, that's what I like to do. That's where, that's what gets me up in the morning early to go is to have that group there. Well, if there's one thing you, you are pointing out there, if I can guess swimming with people who are faster than you help you get faster. Yeah. They definitely push you I'm kind of experiencing this myself at Masters where I, I'm in a lane that is fat, way, way faster than I am. And it means shorter rest for me, <laughs> which is actually helping me uh, that I'm turning faster 100 times than I ever have because I've been swimming more consistently at a faster pace more regularly rather than during the season when I start getting into long endurance sets. So swimming with faster people does help you get faster. Yeah. If the people I train with, if there's anything about me in swimming or swimming or running, I feel like I've got a pretty good internal clock and I can, I can click out some steady, especially in the pool. I can I could probably do 50 fifties and I could keep the same, I could keep the same pace. I can't now don't, if you make me sprint, you know, that's not my superpower, but same thing on the track. I can click out pretty consistent, consistent paces. Unfortunately on the track, they are not fast enough to, uh, <laughs> to, to translate into fast runs. <laughs> so you're saying I need a swim buddy. So if anybody listening to this podcast lives near Tacoma and wants to swim for free at 24 hour fitness with me, just DM me. If you're a fast swimmer, you gotta be faster than me, um, which probably is not hard, but DM me. I've got a buddy pass. You can swim for free and I will swim with you. <laughs> J Jillian, are there any master's groups where you are? Um, yeah, they're just a little bit further away and it, and at more inconvenient times. So actually I should preface, if you want to swim with me, it's usually at like 5 AM or at 6 30 or 7 PM or at some other random time when a kid is off in sport or doesn't need me. So <laughs> yeah. Well, when you come visit Matt, let me know and I'll come swim. Okay. Perfect. Done. Yeah. There you go. I might need to swim with you. Yeah, right. yeah, right. yeah. Matt, you know, Matt, your quote, right? Sometimes the magic might be in something you're not yeah. wanting avoiding, to do. Yeah. Avoiding. Carrier you for hire. Well, I tell you, um, <laughs> Matt, your friend Royce and I have swam together some. Oh yeah. Royce is uh he's 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 a fish too. Yeah. I can't yeah. keep up with him. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what do you say we wrap it up, guys? Yeah. About that um, time, unfortunately. Well, Carrie, can't thank you enough for coming on and just sharing your journey. I mean, it's been like an amazing, I, I again, I'm going to use that word career. Um, it sounds like, you know, just ever since you were a young little swimmer, you had dreams and aspirations of getting to Kona. And it sounds like when you put your mind to something, you make it happen. And, you know, you finally got that bucket list checked off this year. So congratulations to you. Can't wait to see what you got in store for the upcoming years. I know you still got a lot of triathloning left 
interest in you. And, you know, I'm sure we'll cross paths at some of the local races, but a lot of exciting stories there. And it's so great that you could do it with your friends. I mean, that's what this crazy sport's about is triathlon is not an individual sport. I can't stress that enough to anybody. I mean, it involves our spouses. It involves our children. It involves our training partners, our bike mechanic, the coffee barista, anybody that you talk about it with, they're on your team. That's what this is all about is the community piece. Thanks for sharing that. Also, just truly being an ambassador for the sport, it sounds like you're always trying to pull other people into it and getting them engaged. You're definitely doing your part and definitely want to challenge all our listeners. We're in the off season. This is a great time of year over the next week or two. If you're spending time with friends and family, maybe try to get somebody into the sport, engage them. Let them know. I mean, now's the time to maybe start thinking about maybe their first triathlon next year and start getting the game plan together. So let's get some uh, people into the sport and keep the local races alive and support our local race directors. But um, as always, we love hearing your stories. If you've got one you want to share with us, please reach out. You can reach us at triathlonagegroupjourney at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at triathlonagegroupjourney. We got a big week of gratitude ahead of us. It's Thanksgiving. So if you're spending time with family, friends, enjoy that time. Life goes too fast. It doesn't slow down and you might miss something if you're not present. So uh, be all in. All right. Thanks, everybody. Make it a great week. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanksgiving.